What is? What is? What is? What is biblical counseling? Biblical counseling will grow you from brokenness to wholeness. The light bulbs are going off in my head. <laughs> this is like deep. I just haven't thought of it that way. It's mind blowing to me. I don't know if I've ever had anybody put it that plainly to me before. All this time I've been going to church, this never resonated with me. This is Transformed. And now your host, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University and Certified Biblical Counselor, Dr. Greg Gifford. Welcome back to Transformed. My name is Dr. Gifford, and today we are going to be talking about your habits. Our habits are the things that we regularly and frequently practice, but also what shape who we are. Think of the term automaticity, kind of a big word to just describe, like what's your natural reflex or what do you naturally feel compelled to do? So this is a little bit different from blinking, for instance. If I were to go and try to like take my finger and touch your eyeball, most of you would probably smack me, number one. But then number two, you would have this reaction of closing your eye so that my finger wouldn't touch your eyeball. So that would be more of a condition where you have a reflex that you're born with and God uses those reflexes to help protect you and preserve you and so forth. Blinking is just an example of that, ducking or uh, flinching whenever you you sense something's coming at you. Those are just ways that God has helped design you to be safe and to protect yourself. But habits are actually learned. So it's a little bit different from a reflex with a habit to where when I talk about your habits, it's those things that you have learned to do where they feel almost second nature, or you can perform them with automaticity and it doesn't take a lot of effort. You might even feel a compulsion to do it without knowing why. So let's talk a little bit about habits in general. And over the next few podcasts, I'd like to give you a couple of challenges to think biblically about your habits. Many of these are going to be based off of my book, Heart and Habits, How We Change for Good. It was published by Cress Publications in 2021. And in the book, I'd, I'd go through about 13 chapters to help you discern the reality of how your habits affect you. But I want to start by giving you an analogy that many of you can resonate with. You see, I grew up in Savannah, Georgia, and in the coast, I guess I should say on the coast, we would do a lot of camping, beach camping, and in Savannah, we weren't too far from driving up to Atlanta or driving up to some of the Appalachian Mountains in North Carolina, South Carolina. And when we would go Camping was uh, kind of like this way of getting us away from our normal responsibilities, getting us together as a family, and then doing a couple of fun things along the way. But campfires are such an integral part of camping for me. Every time we go camping, you got to bring firewood, you got to bring something to start the fire. You know, a campfire is just, it's so important. And I'm not baking food on my campfire. It's just to sit around and, and sing or joke around with each other or just stare at the flame and, until we're ready to go to bed. But think about the way that you build a campfire. When you build a campfire, it does take a little bit of work to get the fire going. Uh, you have to go harvest wood. Maybe you're at certain campgrounds where that's illegal, so don't go chopping trees down, but you bring wood with you. Once you find enough wood, you stack it and you prepare it. Uh, I, you identify some type of kindling for the fire, paper, little shreds of wood, and then you try to start your fire. And in so doing, you get it going. You get a small flame that you try to get into a larger flame, and then you feed it with further log fuel. 
so that the fire is going. But once the fire is actually going, it's really not terribly difficult to keep that fire going. You could throw a log on it every 30 minutes or so, and it just continues to burn. But to get it going, it often does take a little bit of work of bringing wood, chopping wood, cutting wood, stacking wood, drying wood, whatever that is. That analogy is the way that I would demonstrate habits and their importance in your life, but also their importance in the way that you and I change. You see, many of us would like to change in ways that are lasting and ongoing. The subtitle of my book is to change for good, meaning that not only is it the motivation, but it's lasting, it's permanent. The change sticks in that way. We would like to change, but uh, the reality is it's hard to do. And some of the habits that we need to develop are actually quite difficult at first. But over time, if we're willing to invest in changing some of the habits and the things that we've learned to do with automaticity, you know, those second nature responses, then we'll see that there's an opportunity for this to get easier and easier and easier. And at a certain point, that change is lasting just because that's who I am now. Like I've worked so hard with God's help to change that now this is just what I do. So if you don't push through that difficulty of chopping and gathering and harvesting wood, you're never going to see lasting change when it comes to your habits. If you don't learn new habits, identify ones that are hurting you, be able to see what God calls you to do with automaticity, almost second nature responses that honor the Lord, then the reality is that you're never going to see the lasting change that you want to see. It's always going to be hard, and your habits are an integral part of that. One of the English Puritans said, though, in regard to habit development, he said that it, that initial spark of change is something that God alone can give, meaning that you can't all of a sudden change your heart motivations and want to have new habits, that God gives you that desire. And when he gives you that desire, the result is that you then want to do what honors the Lord and to change habits that don't honor the Lord. You want to frequently obey him. So before we were like, hey, let's just muscle it up. You know, let's just wake up at 430 and take a picture of our watch and post it on our social media. Come on, Jocko, follow me. Before we begin to think that way, we have to say, well, the Lord is the one that really changes my heart to want to honor him in the first place. And when he does that, I need to be faithful to obey and to put into practice certain things that allow me to honor him better and perhaps even honor him with automaticity. This is where our habits come in. So let me just see if I can offer to you a general definition of habits. And it really distills down to two different categories. So the first thing are the habits that you do so frequently and regularly that they feel like second nature to you. That's typically what you and I think of when we think of habits and habit formation. So let me give you an example of this. Uh, imagine that you're so used to your morning routine that there are times when you actually forget, did you complete a part of your morning routine? You get out of the shower and you're like, wait a minute, did I, did I actually wash my hair while I was in? I don't remember. I kind of zoned out for a second. smell hair real quick. No, it feels okay. I don't know. Well, let's just keep going. Or you're, you're done like leaving the bathroom and it's like, wait, did I brush my teeth? I do this every day so much that I honestly don't even think about, did I brush my teeth or not? Hopefully I did. 
for my neighbor's sake. But there are things that you can do so regularly, so easily that it's second nature to you. Driving a car is a great example of this. Most of you are not thinking, okay, turn steering wheel to the right, and now I go right, shift lever into the D so I can move this car forward. In fact, I couldn't even tell you right now which direction the blinker goes to make it go right or which way it goes left. That's just something that I know by doing. I don't know, like just put me in the car and I'll figure out which way to push the lever for the blinker. Those are examples of things that you do so frequently that it almost seems like second nature. But just note, in each of those, you learned them, meaning that you weren't born with the ability to drive a car. Sorry, gentlemen, I know some of you think that you were born into NASCAR and that that's your calling in life, but you weren't. You learned it and you cultivated that through interest. So the first aspect of habit is really habit as action, where it's your regular frequent practice, something that you do so much that you almost have a compulsion to do it. The second is where habit is defined as virtue, which is typically what we would understand to be character dispositions, uh, implanted or supernatural habits, to use the term of the Puritans. It's the type of person you are. So habit as character is to speak more of what you do so regularly that that's who you are. It's what describes you. So let me, let me see if I can give you examples. So character traits are really descriptions of patterns of behavior, to be clear. Like, when you were born, we didn't say, oh, look at that little kind baby there. So kind. Oh, look at that little thoughtful baby. Just that, that that's not the way that you developed those character traits. Rather, when someone calls you thoughtful, what it means is that you have shown a pattern in your life of being considerate of others. So they would then say, well, you're a thoughtful individual. And that character trait of being thoughtful or considerate is something that is a pattern of multiple actions that have led someone to say, this is, this is what describes who you are. So when you're kind, when you're loving, or when you're patient and gentle, those are different character traits the Bible speaks of, then those are descriptions of patterns of behavior in your life. And, and what a compliment if someone says, hey, you're a very kind, patient person. It's like, hey, Hallelujah. Thank you. Don't follow me home, though, okay? I want you to continue to think that. Now, there are two different understandings of habits, so frequent practice, character, or disposition. But what I hope to explain over these next few episodes is going to be that what you frequently do actually shapes who you will become. You see, the things that I engage in on a daily basis aren't just about helping me brush my teeth and drive my car, but they're also forming me into a type of person, which is my character. And that some of us have never paused to consider how our frequent practices are forming us into a certain type of person. And that person that our habits are forming us into may not be the person that we want to be formed into. It may not be the person that looks like Jesus Christ in the end. In fact, our daily frequent practices can actually deform us from looking like Jesus. And we become an old curmudgeon because of the things that we've daily practiced. So we're unkind and we're rude and we're selfish and we don't care what you think. We just want our way all the time and we'll lash out at you so that you will give us what we want. Well, how did that happen? 
well, I hope to show you it didn't just happen by that one day a person being rude at Wendy's. Rather, it happened when a person continued to practice unkindness and rudeness and inconsiderateness at daily levels that now that's just who they are. So it can deform us and it can form us in positive ways. We're going to take a short commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to continue with this definition of habits to talk more about why you change your habits in the first place. Hello, this is Dr. Dale Johnson. If you struggle with an issue, any emotional issue, we would like to help you. There are thousands of certified biblical counselors at biblicalcounseling.com. Please visit our site and find a biblical counselor who will walk alongside you to help you overcome your struggles. We would be honored. Quick question, how much do you actually know about the Masters University and everything they have to offer? Because they have quite a bit that you may not even know about. They offer accredited undergrad, master's, and doctoral degrees in biblical counseling, plus they have over 150 additional programs. You can find out more about their in-person or online programs by spending some time at masters.edu. You can also drop into the campus for a visit. I know they'd love to spend the day with you introducing you to the Masters University. We all want unity and harmony with those around us, but it can often seem like conflict and disagreement are unavoidable. Ken Sand will take you beyond resolving conflicts to true reconciliation. Available now at transformed.org. You know, sometimes we find ourselves struggling with some of the very same issues that Dr. Gifford is addressing here on the Transform Podcast. And if you have a specific question you would like him to address, you can email him at greg at transformed.org. Here's the deal. Though you can ask him any question you'd like to ask, be pithy and also include your name, though you can request that he call you anonymous if he uses your question on the show. Send your questions now to Dr. Gifford at greg at transformed.org. Welcome back to Transform. The Bible would tell us that OCD is not a disorder. It is the fruit of wrong believing and wrong theology. And now your host, Dr. Greg Gifford. Okay, we're back. As I just said, when you consider your habits, don't only think about what you do so regularly that it it feels second nature, but consider habit to be part of your your virtue or part of your character, how we would describe you to someone else. Hey, this is Greg. He is. And when a person answers that attribute or character, we're describing a pattern of frequent practices and a pattern of actions. So that's habits as character, habits as frequent practices. Now, with a, a basic definition established, hopefully we can begin to talk through the purposes of habits. You see, many of you are familiar with secular literature about habit development. And the general tone is something like this. You know, do you want to work harder? Do you want to advance yourself? Do you want to get organized this year and lose some weight? Then let's talk about your habits and change those unhealthy habits. And almost all of the literature, Duhigg, is going to have something to the effect of what can you get for yourself out of habits? Is it weight loss? Is it a promotion? 
Is it vocational success? Is it more friends? Like, what is it that you can get out of your habits? But biblically speaking, the reason why we work on our habits is not because we want to get a promotion, first of all. And it's not that I want to get more money, second of all. That biblically speaking, I know that my habits and your habits are framed within the worldview of Scripture, which tells us that our life is about glorifying the Lord, number one. The first purpose of your habits is that you would glorify the Lord. You see, sometimes when I say glory of God or glorify the Lord, for some of you, it's like white noise. You've grown up in a church culture and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, Dr. Gifford, I get it. Glorify the Lord, blah, blah, blah. Now really tell me what I'm supposed to do here. But the reality is that is what you're supposed to do when you please God, when you aim to please him, then everything about your life is aimed in that direction of honoring him, valuing him, glorifying him and bringing him pleasure. If that is your number one motivation for habits, then it's going to actually change the way that you develop habits. It may also help you prioritize certain habits over others. Uh, I don't want you, as you're listening to this episode, I don't want you to get a promotion at your job if your marriage is falling apart. It's just not really helpful to you in the end. I don't want you to get that sweet daddy bonus check if you're not attending a local church, because that bonus check is not going to save your soul. I can assure you that. So there are certain priorities that begin to change when my motivation to change habits is really about pleasing the Lord first and foremost. So number one, habit development and change is to glorify the Lord. And number two, it is to do good to people. I want to love my neighbor as myself. That's the second greatest commandment. The highest good is to glorify God. The second is to do good to my neighbor and that I want my life to be so compelled uh, by habits that love my neighbor, that the way that I talk to them, open doors for them, speak about them, think about them, things that I can do that are second nature to me are loving my neighbor in the way that God calls me to love them, to do good. And that's true for you as well. When you're tinkering with your habits and changing habits, pursuing certain habits, you're having to say, this isn't about my vocational success and advancement. This is about me glorifying the Lord and doing good to other people. Those are number one and number two. And then number three, getting stuff done. I I don't want to, uh, you know, kind of be dismissive of organizational habits that we might need to work on, communication habits that we might need to work on, time management habits that we might need to work. Those are realities, but those are third order in importance. Those are the result of wanting to glorify the Lord and do good to other people. So in reality, when I'm working on habits of time management and I'm saying, you know what, I need to have a watch and a clock and and do my best to at least stay on track today at work. That habit isn't motivated by me. It's motivated by wanting to please the Lord and to do good to others, my customers, my fellow employees, my boss. So those types of habits are designed around glorifying the Lord, doing good, and then getting stuff done in the end. So it's a game changer now. You know, at the beginning of every year, you're going to hear another appeal to habits and to the importance of changing your habits and getting a journal to keep track of something and getting a calendar. 
going back to the gym, you're going to hear all of that spiel, but you're never going to hear a spiel as a Christian about how habits are really about your worship and glorifying the Lord, and yet they are. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. They are. That number one, we want you to glorify the Lord, do good, and then accomplish those goals that you have this upcoming year, these upcoming months, this quarter, this week, whatever it is, but in that order. So what are habits? It's the frequent practices. It's character. Uh, What is the goal of your habit? It's that you would glorify the Lord. It's that you would do good to your neighbor, and then it's that you would get stuff done. Lastly, for today, I want to explain a little bit about the effects of habits, because the effects of habits are really why we care about them so much on different occasions, particularly when we are having negative effects. You see, as a biblical counselor, and you guys have seen this on the show Transformed as well, I help people identify long-term patterns that are, are destructive and dishonoring to the Lord in their life. And they may not know what the pattern is, but they feel the effect of that pattern. Their habits of not being engaged in a local church are actually very destructive for them. Or their habits of not being engaged in God's word in any meaningful way are actually very destructive to them. So if I don't have God's word in my life, then I may not know that that is the habit that's missing, but I feel the effect of that. The effects of our habits are quite important to understand because these effects are going to help us understand why I need to be so cognizant of my habits in the first place. So let me let me walk through at least one of them, and perhaps we'll get to two today, if not this next episode. The first thing that I want to show you is that according to the scripture, your desires are actually shaped through what you do on a regular basis. Philosophers have repeatedly said that you do what you want, but we could also say that what you want is because of what you do. This is perhaps one of the most significant ideas to grasp in habit development. Many of us are struggling with a desire to do something, and so we don't do it. Yet we've never realized that the action of doing it is what helps cultivate the desires to do it. Biblically speaking, there are different habits that demonstrate this, but let me first of all tell you about the passage in Scripture that teaches this. So if you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, let's go over to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2 is a passage where Paul is immediately finishing a conversation about the incarnation and how Jesus humbled himself. And then he says in verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Verse 12 says, hey, in light of Christ's obedience in verse 1 through 11, you obey. And and you obey because you are already a Christian. You work out your salvation. You don't work for your salvation, but it's an expression of the change that has already taken place. Now, verse 13 says, as you work out your salvation with God's grace and God's help, uh, salvation can't be worked out in your own strength, by the way. Jesus says, 
apart from me, you can do nothing, John 15, verse 5. So no, I, I can't work out my salvation in my own strength and just kind of muscle myself up to be able to honor the Lord, but I use the resources he's provided to honor him, his spirit, his word, his church. So I work out my salvation. You work out your salvation. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. As you are obedient, God does something inside of you, and it's that he actually changes your desire to will. That's what verse 13 is speaking about, that you actually want something different based off of the fact that God used your obedience to change your desires. So it shouldn't shock me in a way if my desires never change because my actions haven't changed. I'm not being obedient to do what God calls me to do. See, our frequent practices of obedience, they don't only glorify the Lord. They don't only do good to others and help me get stuff done. Those are the purposes. But the effects are that I personally change whenever I am being obedient to the Lord. Let me just share one habit with you that does this. And then I think uh, what I'll do is I'll save the other habits for our next episode. So you'll have to stay tuned here. When you look at the scripture where Jesus talks about in Matthew 6 that you are to actually give of your resources, this is typically where we would say a tithe or an offering, whatever term you want to use. But Jesus does say that you are to lay up for yourself treasures in heaven in Matthew 6, verse 19, 20, 21. The way that you give and the way that you give frequently is important, not because God needs your money uh, and he's got bills to pay. And and if you don't give it, God can't make ends meet. That's not it. He's independent. He doesn't need us. Rather, your giving does something to your heart. Verse 21 of Matthew 6 says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The frequent action of giving does something to your heart in that it steers and directs it. When you give to something, uh, whether it's a local church or a missionary or a nonprofit or the Boys and Girls Club, whatever it is, as you give to it, something changes in you where you actually care about it. You take interest in it. You read the update letters. You want to know the welfare of that organization or that church. Why do you care now? Why do, out of all the churches in all of the states, why do you care about that church? Well, in part because you're giving to it and you're interested to see how the Lord is working through that. How did that happen? How did your your desire change? It changed through the frequent practice of obedience. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying, that part of why you need to give and give so that you are sacrificially doing so, according to Paul in Corinthians, is not so that you could resource all these sweet uh, ministries. And that is, that's part of the blessing, but that's not the reason. I keep my focus on things of heaven and not things of earth. See, if I'm not careful, I can be stingy, greedy, store up a lot of money, and yet have no investment into heaven. And that is, that's dangerous, not only to me, but it's dangerous to those who are around me. First Timothy 6 says that those who desire to be rich, they actually hurt themselves. They pain themselves with many pains. So the reality is that your desire is changed by you giving, how do you care about giving? How do you care about missionaries? How do you, well, if you're not giving, then you won't care. And it's not going to happen because God uses that frequent practice. 
So we'll stop here for today. What I'll do when we pick up in our next episode is explain the next effect, which is going to be that your character is formed through your habits. Let me pray for you today. Lord, thanks for the listeners of this program. I pray that you would be with them today, that as they're commuting, driving, uh, relating, working, going home to care for families, that you would give them grace to be open about the role of habits in their life. And it doesn't mean that there's some hair on fire moment and they need radical change, but may they be willing to say that every everything I do in my life, including the stuff that seems almost second nature, is about glorifying you. Would you impress that upon us so that we would glorify you well and that we would do good to others, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Hello, I'm Dr. Dale Johnson, Executive Director of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. And we've partnered with Gospel Partners Media to bring you this groundbreaking new series, Transform. If you've benefited from watching this series, would you please consider supporting our ministry financially so we can continue to bring you this series and others like it. Thank you.